Hello, I'm Norma Baron Martinez, your favorite living Hufflepuff, and you're listening to Norma's Guide to the Galaxy, a podcast where I review my favorite books, movies, and TV shows. Now I know what you're thinking, Norma's favorites, what genre fits in that? Are these going to be old books or the latest movies? Norma, you should have marketed this podcast better. I know, I know. I stayed up for hours trying to figure it out, but I want to cover Star Trek TOS and Big Mouth, Candide and Fight Club for a few dollars more and the new Dune movie whenever it comes out. So deal with it. Now let's figure out the meaning behind this week's piece of media and no, the answer is not 42. Welcome everybody, I'm Norma Barron-Martinez, and with me is your previous favorite Hufflepuff, Cedric Diggory. On today's show, we'll be discussing Nick Kroll's and Andrew Goldberg's hit show, Big Mouth, which the fourth season was just released on Netflix. Now, I don't want to get right into it just yet, but I just gotta say that the season was the funniest yet. My boyfriend, John, and I binged the season in two days, so yeah, it was was pretty amazing. (laughs) Uh, Cedric, what were your thoughts on the season? <laughs> Big Mouth is a Netflix series that started in 2017. It's an adult cartoon show despite the main characters being in middle school, so just a heads up for all you guys, there is some inappropriate content. Initially, it follows the lives of five characters, Nick, Andrew, Jay, Jesse, and Missy, as they go through puberty. However, in the later seasons, other characters have joined and become more important to the storylines, as I will discuss in this episode. As this class of middle schoolers grow up, hormone monsters, Maury and Connie, and other monsters enter their lives. If you're looking for a comedy that really speaks about that awkward phase we all experience with some dirty jokes, this show is for you. Oh, and heads up, spoilers. This is a media review podcast series, so yeah. Finger guns. Season four is full of new and different themes and issues. While season one was all about puberty and season two is all about shame and season three was about toxic masculinity and sexual harassment, season four focuses on the mental health journey teenagers often go through. Season four also shines a spotlight on the LGBTQIA community a little bit more, which I thoroughly enjoyed. In the beginning of this season, the kids are at summer camp where we are introduced to a new character named Natalie, who recently came out as transgender. Stop it! Stop Dressing me up. What's your problem? You know what? I'm just gonna wear my own clothes. No offense, and not to be a bitch, but your current look is pretty butch. Yeah, don't you want to, like, pass as a girl or whatever? Excuse me? However, I found it to be a bit of an issue that Natalie was only featured in the first couple episodes. Even in the episodes that she is in, her experience is a bit sidelined to make room for Jesse's first tampon experience and Nick's panic attacks. This left me feeling a little bit overwhelmed by the camp episodes. To me, it felt Big Mouth wanted to stuff every relevant issue in these episodes while also moving the series arc along. And because of that, I felt Natalie's character felt a little too simplified. Honestly, it felt like they were trying to pander to the audience instead of doing justice to the transgender community by giving them a more complex character. For the sake of the transgender community, I really hope Natalie makes a reappearance in season 5 and becomes a more complex character instead of being the show's token transgender person. We also see Matthew voiced by the talented Broadway actor Andrew Reynolds struggle with coming out as gay to his family, which puts him in a position where he feels like he has to choose between his conservative mom and his boyfriend. This character arc 
unlike Natalie's, felt more complex and real because of the amount of time that the show spent on Matthew. Not to mention Andrew Reynolds' angelic vocals and I used to be her favorite nearly brought me to tears. I just wish we could go back to the way things were. Yeah, before women could vote and you could smoke on a plane, sure. No, before my mom saw those texts. Oh, that, right. Yeah, she'll get over it, Matt. You're her favorite. Yeah, I'm not so sure anymore. Oh, Matt, why don't you sing a song about it? Shut up, Cedric. I'm a sensitive person. It is really hard for me to try to split up the characters' arts within Big Mouth Season 4. Unlike Rick and Morty, where plot A is usually Rick and Morty on some crazy adventure, and plot B is Jerry being a, a fucking loser. Sorry, but the F-bomb was warranted. Anyway, unlike Rick and Morty, Big Mouth has loads of plots throughout the season and within each episode. So I'm going to classify the different arcs in order of importance as I saw them within the season. So the first plot, plot A is Tito the Anxiety Mosquito. What you're describing, that's anxiety. No, she's talking about me! Anxiety is that feeling we get inside that there's danger all around us. I feel so seen! The big new monster in Big Mouth Season 4 is Tito the Anxiety Mosquito. She shows up in both Nick, Jesse, and Andrew's arc. As someone who struggles with anxiety and has overcome panic attacks, whew, thank you, Prozac, I was so excited to see how they were going to deal with this monster. And although did, I thought they did a really good job showing Nick with struggling with panic attacks at the summer camp and not really, you know, knowing what's going on and and Jesse just feeling so alone and secluded with these two monsters, the depression cat and Tito the anxiety mosquito. Although they did all this great stuff, I just was left wishing that they had discussed a little bit more about the severity of anxiety a little bit more. At the end of the season, all of them overcome anxiety with simple tricks like gratitude and breathing exercises while the therapist is made a laughing stock. And anti-anxiety pills and antidepressants are never even discussed. These simple tricks felt like the show was diminishing the hardships people with anxiety go through on a daily basis even when they are medicated, doing therapy, and exercising regularly. I know that this is a comedy, but they, are, they have dealt with some serious issues, such toxic masculinity before, so I felt that they could have done better. Because as someone who's always struggled with anxiety, teenage me would have benefited a lot if the show would have discussed the normalcy of being on medications for mental illness. Uh, I used to think that if I went on medication, that that would mean that something was seriously wrong with me. And it took me a long time until I finally convinced myself that I needed to go on them. So don't get me wrong, Gratitude is a great character, but simply listing things that you are grateful for will not solve your anxiety disorder. An attitude of gratitude. I'm grateful I met you, Gratitude. And I'm grateful for your kind words. Now, you might want to turn around because I'm about to lay like 88. Plot B is about Matthew, but I already discussed Matthew's struggle, so let's move on to plot C. So, plot C is Missy's self discovery. In case you haven't heard, the white voice actor who plays Missy, Jenny Slate, is going to be replaced in the fifth season due to her discomfort in voicing a biracial character. She felt it was not her place and wanted to give the character to someone who understood Missy's situation. And there are so many instances where Missy addresses this by breaking the fourth wall, which I appreciated. I felt that Missy's arc about self-discovery was one of the most compelling arcs, despite it not getting a lot of screen time. In the beginning of season four, Missy goes on vacation with her family, her cousins in Atlanta, and discovers that her parents have been raising her to see things kind of colorblind fashion 
And due to this, she and her cousins go out to help her connect with her blackness. One of the reasons this arc may have been sidelined was probably because Slate felt uncomfortable when trying to tell Missy's story, and reasonably so. I am looking forward to season five with Missy's new voice actor, who will bring her experience with navigating the world as a biracial person into the role. I definitely want to see Missy confront her parents about her identity and see her discover her roots more. Now on to plot D. In this season, Jay and Lola are most of the time off doing their own thing because they have become a couple. Not only are they a couple, but they show off a kind of relationship I feel isn't really portrayed in a lot of TV shows and movies. And that is kind of the gross couple, or I like to think of it more as the genuine couple. I like navigating the world with you. And I'm scared to be alone in my house. Look what everybody else said. Let's take this love connection to the eighth grade. Really? You mean like boyfriend and girlfriend? No. What? Like king and queen. It feels right seeing these two together throughout the entire season because of their communication, uniqueness, and support for each other. No matter what crazy thing Lola says, Jay always tries to be there for her. And while most people find Jay totally disgusting, Lola loves his gross humor. If you ask me before season four if they would work really well together, I would have disagreed with you. But now I'm just dying for more of this dynamic, even though they broke up at the end of the season. Darn. Overall, this season strayed away from the puberty subject matter and delved into a whole new dimension about the struggles of dealing with more complex emotions. This brought a whole new lens to look at these characters. Nick dealing with his panic attacks and Jesse dealing with depression and anxiety and Andrew dealing with jealousy. Some people may say that they went a little bit too far on the dirty jokes, but to me, someone with really dark humor and dirty humor... I loved it. I found myself laughing nonstop watching these episodes. Well, that's all we have for today. See ya not next week, but the week after to catch episode two, where I will be reviewing an underrated book, The Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson. See you then. And thank you to my parents for providing me this awesome mic for my podcast and to my boyfriend, John, for making me keep on smiling and to my Beagle Bagel for making me re-record this recording several times. Just kidding. I love that silly puppy. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at abnormal and check out my website, normajournals.com. Thank you and see you next time.